And in order to know God, you've got to spend time with God. Think about your friends, the people that you hang out with. You know them. You know what they like. You know what they don't like. You know what gets under their skin. You know what makes them laugh, what makes them angry, because you've spent time with them. It's the same way with God. If you want to know what that new creation looks like, if you want to know the person God has designed you to be, you've got to spend time with God because we're supposed to become more like God. And the only way to know God's character is to spend time with God. And as we do that, the Holy Spirit works within us. The Holy Spirit starts showing us what those old things are that don't honor God. And starts showing us the ways that we can honor God and what that new self looks like. And you and I have a responsibility to put time into that relationship. That means we have to make time for that relationship. Which I, I find ironic because I saw something the other day that said, you know, we, we use this phrase that we're going to make time for God when the truth is God's the one that made time. We just got to turn around and give it back to him. We're not making time for God. God makes it. But we have got to spend our time on that relationship. If we simply rely on everybody else around us, if I come to Bible study and I let Lindsay give all the answers at Bible study, and when it's time to pray, I don't raise my hand. I let Tanner raise his hand every time and say the prayer, which means I expect you to pray on Sunday morning now. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. If I do that, guess what? I'm not stepping up and I'm not working on that myself. If I'm not spending time to figure out what God says and who God is and what God wants me to do, and I rely on everybody else around me, I'm not growing. I'm not becoming that new person. We've got to rely on other people, yes, but not to the point that we never grow ourselves and become stronger in our walk with God. It's kind of like this. Lindsay, I'm going to pick on you because you're sitting there laughing. Come here. Come here, Lindsay. I need you to do something for me. Yeah, y'all got her in trouble. I see you, Lauren. Do me a favor. Come here. You see that right there? What's that say? What's the other word? Number. 45. Thank you very much. Can you pick that up? Okay, just stand there for a second. Is that heavy? Kind of? Okay. Would you like to put it down? Don't. Zach, come here. Zach, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to take that handle out of Lindsay's hand. Don't let go, Lindsay. Is it as heavy now? No? Okay. Jack, come here. Nope. Take that other handle. Don't let go. Is it lighter now? Okay. Thank you. Y'all sit down. Good job. Don't drop it on anybody's foot. Lindsay, why did that get lighter? What's that? Because he picked it up. Did it get even lighter or did it stay the same in your hands when Jack came up as well? It got lighter. Okay? Guys, when we try to face sin and deal with sin on our own, it's heavy. It weighs us down. And after a while, you start to lose your grip. And you feel like you can't fight it anymore. You can't carry it anymore. 
But you see, what Scripture shows us is that other people are supposed to come beside us. That this weight that Lindsay was holding, it got lighter when other people came up and started helping her. It wasn't as heavy. Now, the weight didn't change. It's still 45 pounds. Nothing changed there. But it was lighter for her. It wasn't as hard for her to bear that burden. That is what he's talking about right here. Because you see, just like being a tag team, being in this part of this body of Christ requires an individual responsibility, it also takes a group mentality. We've got to remember that we're not doing this alone. That we weren't designed to do this alone, guys. God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, they are in relationship with each other. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. God didn't say, let's make man in my image. What did he say? Our. Let's make man in our image. Because God is a relational being. And God designed us to be in relationship. Relationship with him first and relationship with other people second. He designed us to do this whole putting off the old self and putting on the new self together, not as individuals. Here's what it says in verse 25. Therefore, having put away all falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Paul has just listed out a lot of things that we're supposed to work on. He's got like six verses there where he talks about all of these different things. What do all of these things that he talks about have in common? What's that? Yeah, it has you yourself in common. Anything else? Read them again. What do all of these verses have in common? Go ahead to the next slide, Micah. Let him read that one too. What do these verses have in common? They're rules. What'd you say? Teamwork. Every one of them involves other people. Do you pick up on that? Every single one of those verses that we just read involves somebody else. Whether it's your actions or your words, it's about how what you do affects other people. Look at the verses that it says here. In verse 25, it tells us, what are we supposed to put off? No. Falsehood and put on? Why? For we are members of one another. We are supposed to speak truth to our neighbor. You see, it's putting off the old, putting on the new, but we're doing that individually as a group because individually what we do affects Everybody else. We put off falsehood. We put on truth. What about the next verse? It says that we are supposed to put off what? Verse 26 and 27. What do we put on? If you read it, that one doesn't say to put anything on. What would you put on instead of anger? Happiness? Joy? Happy, happy, joy, joy. Okay. 
There's all kinds of things that we could think of to put on besides anger. You see, if you're going to put something off, you've got to put something on. So if you're taking anger off, you've got to decide what's going to take its place. Now, understand this. Not all anger is wrong. Jesus Christ got angry. But Jesus Christ was a righteous anger. And let me explain the difference to you. A lot of times when we get angry, it's because somebody has wronged us and wronged our pride or hurt our ego. And it's about us. When you see Jesus Christ get angry in Scripture, it's because somebody has wronged God. You see the difference there? It's a righteous anger. And when Scripture talks about putting off all anger or putting off anger and don't let the sun go down on your anger, it's because the anger that we have a lot of the time is anger that is focused on what somebody did to us, and it's about our pride and about our ego, and it's consumed us, and it doesn't have anything to do with God. And see, that kind of anger doesn't honor God. That kind of anger feeds the sin nature that we're born with. So Scripture tells us to put that off. Verse 38, what does it sell us we're supposed to put, or 28, what do we put off? Stealing. Don't be a thief. What do you put on? Honest work. And it even says sharing. So that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Don't be a thief. Anybody in here ever stolen anything? Anything? Hey, come on. Hey, we're a bunch of lying thieves in here. It's okay. It's okay. You're in, you're in good or bad company, however you want to look at it. Hey, and okay, no, I, I don't want any names here, but you know the Flamingo fundraiser we do? I had flamingos in the atrium. Yeah, and some of y'all know what happened. I don't want any names. And two of the flamingos that were in plants in the church walked off because somebody decided they wanted them in their home. Is that doing what Scripture tells us we're supposed to do? No. No, those people should have gone out and got a job and bought their own flamingos and given one to somebody else. That's what Scripture says. Now, guys, we're supposed to put off just taking things for us because, again, the whole concept of stealing is because I want that, because I deserve that, because that should be mine. But Scripture tells us to put that off and to look at God because we're supposed to help others and we're supposed to earn what we get, and then we're supposed to be generous about it. What about verse 29? What does it tell us to put off? Corrupting talk and put on what? Okay, good talk that builds up, edifies, helps. What is corrupting talk? I don't want examples. Just give me a general description. Rumors? Anything Sarah says, okay. Insults? Do you all, how many of you would say, this week I've participated in corrupting talk? Okay. All right, whatever you think corrupting talk is. Okay, hold on. Let me clarify something. Let me clarify something. This verse specifically says, listen up, guys. It says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. So anything you've said this week that has not built someone up, 
that has not shown grace would be considered corrupting talk. Anybody participated in that this week? That's pretty much every one of us, isn't it? What? Hold on, we got a question. Okay, that's a good question. Listen up, guys. Let me make sure I understood the question wrong. Somebody needs negative talk, but it's good for them. Like if I look at you and say, Matthew, you are an idiot, and that's exactly what you wanted to hear. <laughs> but you know what? Hey, guys, in that case, if that's what you needed to hear and that gets you where you need to go, that is building you up, isn't it? See, it's different. And that's what I've talked about, guys, before. When I've said you let somebody get in your face in love and tell you you're being stupid. Because you can do that and build somebody up if that does build them up. Now, just to walk up to somebody and just be belligerent and say you're an idiot, you're a moron, you're so stupid, I can't believe you did that. Why are you so dumb? What's that? If they need that, good. If you're doing it just because you're mad and they ticked you off, that's not building somebody up. That's not taking what Scripture tells us we're supposed to do and build each other up. What about verse 30? Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. You know why it says that? Because everything that we've talked about here that Scripture says to put off, every single bit of that is intertwined with sin. Because every single bit of that is focused on me or on you and not on God. And that verse 30 right there, it tells us not to grieve the Holy Spirit by whom we are sealed. When we belong to God through Jesus Christ, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. We are sealed. We are God's forever. But when we focus on ourselves, when we actively choose to live a life that focuses on our own sin and on us instead of who God has called us to be, we grieve the Holy Spirit. Because we have, this, we have this part of God that is living in us, the Holy Spirit that is dwelling in us, and we are actively chasing things that don't honor God. And Scripture tells us don't do that. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. We need to be actively seeking out God, and as we are actively seeking God, those things that draw our attention away from God, all of a sudden we're aware of. And when we're aware of it, now we have the opportunity to do something about it. Every single thing that Paul talks about in this last group involves other people. Yes, it involves you and I as individuals, but it involves everybody else around us too. Whether it be the way we treat people, interact with people, everything that we do, we are never as alone and isolated as we think we are. Because even when you are by yourself and you decide to sin, that still affects the way you interact with other people. It does. We are never as alone as we think we are, even when we think we're alone in our sin. Because God has given us a body of believers, and we cannot live our walk with God and actively pursue sin. We can't do it. Well, I take that back. You can, but you're not living your walk with God if you're actively pursuing sin. It's not possible. And the amazing thing is, 
is that the way you live your walk with God affects the way other people around you live their walk with God. It does. I can tell you guys for a fact, the guys and girls in Nitro, they watch you. They watch the things you say. They watch the things you do, the things you post on Facebook or Instagram or Vine or whatever it is that you use. Talk to some of y'all about that. But you know what? They're watching you. And the way that you portray your walk with God affects them. It does. And you are doing one of two things. You are pointing them to God or you are pointing them away from God with what you do and what you say. You see, how you live your walk affects the walk of other people. And we've got to be aware of that. Because God has put us in this group together. And I know that doesn't sound fair. And you say, you know what? I don't want that responsibility. It's too bad we have it. If somebody knows you're a Christian, somebody is watching you. Somebody is listening to you. Somebody is checking out your social media. Just to see if you're living out what you say you believe. So we have to be aware of that, whether we like it or not. It's the responsibility and the privilege that God has given us. And as we live that walk out, it affects other people. It affects what you say about your church and what you say about your youth group. It does. So my challenge to you guys tonight is to remember this. Every single one of us battles sin. Every single one of us. And your sin may be different than your sin, than your sin, than your sin. But none of us are supposed to handle that by ourselves. Every single one of us need to remember that we have got other people beside us that can come alongside us and help us. And help build us up. And help us carry that weight. And deal with whatever it is we're facing. Even if it's just through praying for somebody. Lifting somebody up to God. So here's what I want to do tonight. I want to ask you all to do that. I want to ask you to get in groups of three. Just three. Do it now. Turn your chairs. Get in groups of three. I want to read one last passage for you. Listen up. Ephesians 4.31. It says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Paul brings it back to the heart of the matter. Everything that we do, everything that we are, is supposed to be about Jesus Christ. If we say that is who's forgiven us, that is who we've given our life to, then that's what we're supposed to be about. And I know that's hard sometimes. That's hard for every single one of us. So that's why I've got you in these groups right now. Because I want to ask you to pray for each other. And I know some of you don't like praying out loud. You know what? Get over it for a couple minutes. Because you've been called to pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ. We've been called to lift each other up. And here's what I'd like to ask you to pray for. If you want to share a struggle, something you're going through, that you want somebody to specifically pray for, then do that. But as you're praying, and I want everybody in your group to take a turn praying for the other two, here's what I want you to pray for. 
I want you to pray for their personal walk with God. I want you to pray for their involvement in God's body, in the church, and pray for their witness to those who don't know Christ. Because every single one of us deals with every single one of those. Pray for their walk with God. Pray for their involvement in the body of Christ. Pray for their witness to people who don't know Christ. That's what we do, say, post in our social media, everything. Let's take a minute and you guys go ahead and pray. We're getting ready to get out of here. But here's what I'd like to ask you, challenge you to do. Before you go to bed tonight, pray for those people in your group again. And not like when you lay down and put your head on your pillow and close your eyes. Okay, I'm going to pray now. I mean, before you get in bed, before you're going to fall asleep, take a minute and actually pray for those people. Pray for your youth group. Pray for your church. Pray for your city. Spend some time just talking to God tonight. That's how we get to know Him. That's how we get to understand Him. That's one of the ways. Take that opportunity tonight. And I know some of you say, you know what, I'm not very good at praying. You're just talking to God, and some of you are great at talking. I see that every week. <laughs> you can do that. Let's pray, guys. God, again, we, um, we come before you, God. Just I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity to be here, to be with this group, God. I thank you for the, the blessing, Lord, just to spend time with, with so many people that are, God, that love you. And, God, I know it can be so very hard to live that out on a daily basis and in every single situation, God, but, but you have given us each other to rely upon, God, to help each other to carry the weight of what we're bearing. And, God, I pray for this group. I pray for those who aren't here tonight, God. I just pray that you will help each one of us to come to know you better, Lord, to gain knowledge about you so that we can put that knowledge into action. And, God, I pray that you will help us to lift each other up, God, through prayer, through encouraging words. God, just to build each other up so that we are the church and the youth group that you have designed us to be. So that we can reach this campus. So that we can reach this city. God, we can reach this world. I can start right here. Lord, we thank you and we love you for who you are. I thank you for this group. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, you guys, thanks for being here. Y'all have a good night.